Let's not make this personal. This is just business. Inside, please. What is going on? It's a ripoff. We got his blow and your dough. That's all we came for. How we do the rest is up to you. Plant your face on the carpet. Sonny, I think we better move. Stay calm. Tubbs will let us know. Let's go! Tubbs, Castillo, Gina and Trudy, Zito and Switek. Together, they are the OCB. They are Miami Vice. And this is the Vice of Miami podcast. Do you remember the fast cars, flashy clothes, big money, and all of the heavy players on the 1980s most iconic TV show, Miami Vice? Then this is the podcast for you. Join Mark and Tim as we review each season and episode covering all of the details such as a storyline, stars, music, fun facts and locations, and as well as trivia in which you can participate. Get ready for the Vice of Miami podcast. Welcome back, Vice fans, to the Vice of Miami podcast for show number 29. Mark and I are Always glad you are joining us. We hope you enjoyed our last show covering Out Where the Buses Don't Run. So as always, sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy the Vice of Miami podcast covering Season 2, Episode 4, The Dutch Oven. And Tim and everyone else listening, I'd just like to wish a happy Independence Day for you listening in the United States of America. And if you're across the pond in... England, I guess it's Happy Treason Day, right, Tim? Uh, I don't know about that one. Is it? Like, I've never, I've so. never heard that one. It's that's that's new on. We claimed our independence. We claimed our independence. Yes. Oh, cool. blew off yes, my fingers. Happy Fourth, dang. Everybody. Yes, Happy Fourth uh, of July, Independence Day. That's when this should be released. So, anyway, this episode is written by Maurice Hurley. It's directed by Abel Ferreira. And the original air date is October 25th, 1985. And the summary for this episode is that Trudy seeks out an old flame for comfort after killing somebody in the line of duty, but she discovers one of his friends is involved in drug deals. now time to cover the guest stars and briefly list the co-stars for this episode. Mark, take it away. I certainly will. First up, we have Clavant Derricks Jr. as David Jones. He was born May 15th, 1953 in Knoxville, Tennessee. He's an American stage and screen actor and a singer. He has a twin brother, Clinton Derricks Carroll, and his father, Clavant Sr., was a writer of gospel hymns. Clavant began acting after studying at the Urban Arts Theater in New York and appeared in his first TV movie called Cindy in 1978. 
than a movie adaptation of the play When Hell Freezes Over, I'll Skate. On the stage, he won a Tony Award for his role of James Thunder Early in the play Dreamgirls, played in the film version by Eddie Murphy. Derek's also appeared as a regular in the sci-fi series Sliders for Five Seasons. Other appearances include Fort Apache, The Bronx, Moscow on the Hudson, Mood Lighting, Drexel's Class, among others. His most recent TV appearance was in 2011's Miami Magma. Derek's is married to his wife, Portia, and they have four children. Next, we have David Aaron Proval as Metro-Dade IAD officer Louis Gallo. David was born May 20th, 1942 in Brooklyn, New York, and is an American actor who got his acting debut in the 1973 film Mean Streets and his TV debut on an episode of Kojak. He was also Eddie Murphy's acting coach in the film 48 Hours. Other film and TV appearances include Cinderella Liberty, Wizards, The Star Chamber, good movie, The Equalizer, Quantum Leap, The Brady Bunch movie, The Sopranos, among many others listed. His most recent appearance was in the 2018 movie Papa. We have no personal information listed in his biography. Yeah, he pissed off Tony Soprano quite big, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. All right, next up next up, we have Matthew Coles as Man at Payphone. He was born September 28, 1944 in New York City. He was an American actor. He began his career on Broadway, appearing in the play Malcolm in 1966 and he made his film debut on the TV series NYPD in 1969. He also made his debut that uh, movie debut that same year in Me, Natalie. Other appearances include The Friends of Eddie Coyle, The Happy Hooker, Slapshot, awesome movie, All My Children, Eddie Macon's Run, Law & Order, among others. His final movie appearance was in 2014's Family on Board. Coles was married to actress Christine Baranski from 1983 until his death from congestive heart failure on May 22, 2014 in L.A. at the age of 69. The couple have two children, Lily and Isabel. Was he one of the Hanson brothers in Slapshot? No, he was the like equipment guy. Okay. He carried the sticks in and all that stuff. And our final guest star is Giancarlo Esposito as Adonis Jackson. We covered Giancarlo's bio in our review of the season one episode, Little Prince. And a few co-stars here. First, we have Fritz Bronner as Metro-Dade IAD officer Ben Dokes. Paul Darby as a pervert driver. Issei Earl as Rose. Woody Mallard as the bartender. And Louis Resnick as Max. Now we're moving on to the goof's fun facts and location. Our first goof is Larry Zito's beard is suddenly gone in this episode, yet it reappears in the next. And the next goof, Tubbs's police shield is silver instead of its usual sergeant's gold. And that was as of season two. And Tim, I think on both of these, it was a chronological filming with season one. I think this was supposed to be before Lombard of season one, this episode. So it's pretty interesting. Right. Very interesting. Our first location is the Dynamo Nightclub, 685 Washington Avenue, 
Miami Beach. And that's the club where Tubbs and Switek visit for the deal where the ripoff happens. Another location, we have the Fire and Ice Discotheque, 3701 Northeast 2nd Avenue in Miami. And that was David's Club. And our final location, Imperial Hotel, 650 Ocean Drive, Miami Beach. And that's where Crockett Max plays Jim Runway. Now we got some Miami Vice in the news. Giancarlo Esposito can be seen as Gustavo Fring in the final run of episodes of Better Call Saul, which will begin airing on AMC starting this July 11th. He first appeared as this character for three seasons on Breaking Bad. Tim, let's go over the trivia portion of this episode. Last episode, we asked you at the very beginning of that episode, a song was playing as Manuel was skating along Miami Beach. What was the name of the song and the band who recorded it? Well, the name of the song was Baba O'Reilly by The Who. And the bonus question, what TV show did the song become the theme for? And that was CSI New York. Tim, what's this episode's trivia question? This week's trivia question is, when Crockett and Trudy were being grilled by the internal affairs officers, he called them a couple of alpha hotels. In Crockett's speak, what does that military phonetic spelling refer to? You can post your answers on this episode's Facebook post, or you can email us at viceofmiamishow at gmail.com. And now we have arrived at the discussion portion. And like we always say, grab a beverage. Well, Tim, I've got another one. This is Goose Island Beer Company out of Chicago, Goose Island Beer. Neon Beer Hug. It's an IPA, 7%. Uh, I'm not an IPA type of guy, but I was looking at the bottle shop here, and I was looking for something Miami Vice-ish, and, well, Neon is quintessential Miami Vice, isn't it, Tim? Yes, it is. What were the IEBUs on this? Let me see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It does not say it's not listed. 7%. It doesn't say the IBUs. Nope. Does not say. You have to do the research. Yeah, we will. You know what? I'll throw it. I'll check it out and I'll post it in the Facebook post. So there we go. I probably won't drink this whole thing, but it's an IPA. Do you hear that? I hear it. There you go. Yep, nice straw color. Nice and clear. Smells tropical. There you go. There's another Miami Vice tie-in. This one's nice and smooth. Typically, IPAs are nice and bitter, Tim. This one's not too bad. Crisp taste. You get that, um, I know it's a lot of citra hop, but who knows if that's really in there. But very good. Very tasty. Very refreshing. 7%. 7%. I probably won't drink this all while we're recording. Otherwise, it could go long. 
Good beer. Neon Bear Hug from Goose Island. Tim, why don't you take it away, and I'm going to finish what I poured here. All right. All right. We're starting with the opening scene, and the song Women by Foreigner is accompanying it, which is we see Trudy getting ready and gussied up as part of her undercover disguise as a hooker. Then the scene shifts to Club Dynamo, where Tubbs and Switek are seen entering to do a drug deal. Zito and Gina are also seen outside, pretending to be part of the crowd, as well as Crockett and the Spider, and he's chatting with Trudy like he's going to be one of her Johns. The man at the bar only allows one person back, so Tubbs is the one that goes. He said, only one of you. When Tubbs heads back, a man on the payphone takes him into a room at gunpoint where another man has all the particulars he's tied up. So the low-level dealer that they're going to buy from was getting ripped off. The man with the gun tells Tubbs just to eat the carpet, basically, and then they take the drugs and the cash and they beat feet. Crockett and Trudy overhear the conversation on the police van, and Zito who is concerned for Tubbs' safety, wants to move in. Crockett said they should wait until Tubbs gives them the word first. As rip-off artists run out of the bar and escape in their cars, we have Diamond Field by Pat Benatar through the length of the car chase and shootout. Crockett and Trudy pursue them through the city streets, and I thought Trudy was going to jump out of her skin the way Crockett was just zooming through the Miami streets, and they finally corner one of them in an alley. There was a quick shootout, and again, as it wouldn't be in a Miami Vice episode if we didn't have one, and truly ends up killing the ripoff artist, the guy who was on the phone, and is obviously visibly shaken after the killing, and Zito and Gina caught the other guy that tried to hightail it. This was a fairly quick I thought it was a fairly quick intro, and it was pretty good. You know, cut and dry. I mean, with the, you get ripped I off. Mean, they didn't have a prolonged yeah. scene chase because Sonny was, I mean, he was probably going 100 miles an hour through the streets. <laughs> yeah. And let me <laughs> Just tell you, there's no now. way you could do that now. You'd be lucky to get 50 on the expressway. <laughs> so anyway, later on in the alley, Castillo and other officers are there. Castillo's given a rundown of events from Crockett and Tubbs. They're both sure that their cover wasn't blown during this drug deal. Eternal Affairs, they're going to obviously be investigating the shooting. Uh, Trudy heads to her place after Crockett uh, thanks her for saving his life tonight. Um, But Trudy's pretty much not content on being alone at her place. And she calls up an old flame, uh, David Jones, who owns a bar as well as singing in the band there. So she heads over to... um, to the bar there, and we have Love is for Sale in the background playing by Clevant Derricks. And Trudy goes and sees him and runs into his friend, Adonis Jackson, who tells her about some of his drug connections. Uh, he says, I think he said he was the candy man. Uh, and, and as we know, Adonis is Gustavo Fring. So maybe he should have met the chicken man, huh? Say, baby, I think we got off to a bad start before. I don't think it matters. Oh, yes, it does. You see, uh, I'm not just pretty. I'm the candy man. Yeah, whatever you say. 
Yeah, baby, I got me some serious connections. Heavyweight. Been took for a chump too long. I'm scraping me some dust into one pile. I'm ready now. Say, baby, what I'm trying to tell you is I can do for you. Oh, yes, darling. There you go. So anyway, so anyway, they meet up, they hook up. Uh, Trudy and David leave the bar to go do what Tubbs does best and at over at, at Trudy's place. And then they talk about rekindling their romance. And then we move on to Crockett playing gin with a group of senior citizens. And one of them was getting Crockett's goat with his play logic. And it, and it was at a hotel. And that's when Sonny gets a call. In fact, they kept on... A woman kept on coming out and saying, "Hey, you got a call? They, you know, they need, somebody needs to talk to you." And really, it was probably about that they were being called in the into the IED shooting board uh, for a hearing. And this is where we have IED officer Louis Gallo. I mean, really pounding on Trudy, and then Crockett defends her actions as justified. And this is where he calls him a couple of Alpha hotels. That's your trivia question. What does that phonetic military spelling refer to? Figure it out. 90% of all cops never discharge their weapons. They go about their jobs. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody dies. Then there's the cowboy. How many shooting hearings have you had? 10. How many men have died? Only the bad guys, Gallo. The bad guys are supposed to know you're a cop before you whack them out. He knew. We identified ourselves as police officers. You know, Crockett here could be in a blue uniform in a Columbus Day parade. And I wouldn't believe he was a cop. <laughs> From what I understand, you weren't exactly in a Class A uniform yourself. No, what you did was uh, you shagged this guy down in an alley. You yelled police. Look at it from the suspect's point of view. In his position, what would you have thought? Remember, he's the one being chased. How did it look to him? So after they they leave there, Crockett and Trudy are driving around. She really just starts second-guessing herself, and Crockett says, hey, stop, stop doing it because if you didn't make the play you had, either you or I or both of us would have been killed. And I.D. wasn't present when it went down. They weren't there for those split-second decisions. They are the ones that are, I guess, if you want to call it for lack of better terms, their job is to second guess the officers, mm, see yeah. see how they are under fire uh, with with line of questioning and things like that. Because oh, you could have backed away, you could have let this guy go, you could have just, and then none of this would have happened. And obviously, that's BS. Because playing, what's it? They were playing. Uh, they were playing Monday morning quarterback. That's it. Monday morning armchair quarterback, quarterback Monday morning, whatever they call it, right? Well, going back to that one, you know, she had only. Like I said, only had one play to make, and she made it. It's either you get shot or I get shot. So, hey, she did what she had to do. She did what the police officer should have done. So, why don't you move it along here to OCB? Uh, they're discussing, obviously, what went down here. Castillo wants Trudy to take off some time to deal with what happened as she has to come to grips that she killed one. Uh, she killed another human being. We've got Castillo here putting the human frailty logic into work his zen-ness, or basically his experience. You know, you take a, take a few days off, get your get your bearings straight, and then come back. But I she wants really to stick to it and work it out. Go ahead. I was really surprised, Mark, that he didn't make it mandatory. 
you know, you just went through an IA investigation. Your place is not on the street right mm-hmm. now, but I'll, I'll talk, speak to this right. a little bit later on in our uh, episode here. Right. But the cops, right. t- I'm okay, I'm good, I got this type of thing. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure later on, I, I bet you it was mandatory, but this was one of those things where, like we discussed before with PTSD and all that, with Crockett bearing his, uh, his feelings all that in the Evan episode, right? Things happen and you just went back to work and you, you sucked it up buttercup basically. So anyway, she wants to stick it out, get back on the job. So anyway, while on street duty with Gina, walking the streets as hookers here, a man pulls up and he wants to pay Trudy 50 bucks or 60 if he can watch uh, to have her have sex with two underage boys in the back of his car. Hey. Come back in an hour. We're on a lunch break. Come on, brown sugar. Be as sweet as you look. I got 50 bucks for two. He's not giving us much choice. Hot shot, huh? You got 50 bucks for the two of us. Is that right, sport? No, I, uh, I want one of you to do them. Let me get this straight. You want to pay me 50 bucks to have sex with those children. Is that right? 60, if I can watch. Pull in that alley. See this? Miami Vice, low-life scum. You're under arrest for pandering, soliciting, child endangerment, and whatever else applies. Spread off! Hey, what's the matter with you? So, Trudy, being very infuriated, takes him to an alley where she busts the pervert, and literally and figuratively, uh, Gina pulls her off the suspect. He's she's pretty much got the badge in his face, um, you know, roughing him up against the car. So anyway, moving along later, uh, David takes Trudy to a party where drug use is pretty much blatant and rampant. And in the background, we have King of Babylon playing by David Johansson performed live at the drug party. Trudy feels uncomfortable with all the drugs that are obviously getting snorted here and asks David to uh, take her home. While David makes apologies to his host, Adonis tries to hook up some drugs with Trudy. David finally returns and kind of saves her before anything can go down. She was basically put in a catch-22 here. You know, this is David's friends. She doesn't want to turn on him, but yet she's still a cop, even though off-duty. She's got that duty to act. Tim? It's just in her nature. So after this... Trudy goes to see Crockett about this predicament, and he says, you know, he can't go to a party without tripping over some blow in Miami. You know, he then asks her if he should call Tubbs and Gina for help just as backup on this. And then later at OCB, the four of them go over who David is to Trudy and how he is on this. Tubbs is running running his record, and David is clean, but his friends are not, and the parties are basically just a venue for large drug deals. So hey, Tim. they make their they make their game plan. What's that, Mark? I'm wondering, okay, they know these do they got big drug deals here. How come they're not on these other people? You know? Why why is Trudy kind of stumbling onto this and Vice has nothing no no knowledge of these other schmoes that are at these drug parties. Right. And but, you know, it, I would guess that odd. would be intelligence gathered by you know, their, their confidential informants that would tip them off because true. I, I don't know if they could have 
their hands on everything. There's just too much, especially during that time, actually in real life and on the show that, I mean, drug use was rampant. I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. And although there were a lot of shootouts in the, you know, in Hollywood speak, there probably were a good fair amount uh, in Miami at during this era. So you can't have your eyes and ears on everything. So that's the only thing I could think of is that they weren't tipped off by, you know, somebody like Noogie or okay. Izzy. Yeah. That just, right. just a thought. on uh, it. Well, I guess you can't have, I guess you can't have your ducks all in a row. Or, or your fingers your on the pulse of, of the, the city. Yes. <laughs> you know, they're there again. He is, he is, David is found to be clean. Friends are not. So after they make their game plan, Crockett and Tubbs follow Adonis to his source, a major dealer named Roman Lopez de Hoyas. And Trudy asks David about Adonis. And he says Adonis is just one of his many friends. He has nothing to do with any of his dealings and wants to take Trudy on a trip to Jamaica to see if they can rekindle this romance, actually work on it, rekindle it. He knows that she's in a very bad predicament here, though. She is a she's a police right, officer. She's in a bind. And he's asking her to just turn a blind eye in favor of mm-hmm. a rekindled romance. Yeah, obviously that's not gonna happen. So at OCB here, we've got uh Tubbs filling Trudy in um about all the goings on. And if they can turn to Adonis to rat out his bosses, it would either be a major bust of a major dealer or a total bust, as Gina puts it. David would think Trudy has been using him, obviously, to get to his friends, which is a valid point. All of a sudden, you're coming back to me, and now there's this big bust. Yeah, it's, it'd be plausible that he would think that. So the vice squad is ready to back Trudy, however she handles it, and she's going to take some time to uh, to think about it. Good news. What? David's clean, but Adonis, he's definitely connected. He's approaching middle-level management for Ramon Lopez de Hoyos. Colombian. Yeah, major, major. Syntec has him for offering the Gutierrez family. If we can turn Adonis and have him give up his boss, it could be a very big bust. Or a total bust. David's going to think you've been using him. Don't I know it? Of course, this is the best chance that anybody's ever had. And with you virtually on the inside with Adonis. Hey, listen. No matter how you call your play, we'll back you. Tubbs is right. We got this guy marked. Find another way. So here she goes on a little walk along the beach, probably along College Avenue there, and the song Who to Listen To by Amy Grant is playing in the background. Right, and as we... So we're moving along to another... As as we saw in that... That montage scene, it's just her doing a review of the events of, because I believe this all took place within a week's time period. So she's just reviewing it from her discussion with Crockett to being with David mm-hmm. and the club, the the boat, everything where the drug deals were going down. Right. She, it seemed like she was probably looking at every every avenue that could that, that's this could go down, I'm guessing. You know, how can she not betray David where she needs him, but how can she do her job? So, which is a valid, valid point, valid thing to think about. So why don't we move it along here? We're at uh, the club. 
Trudy approaches Adonis. Um, she wants to make a deal, and he's like, how much? He goes, three keys. And then with Crockett as his usual alias Burnett, he's going to be the buyer. So they go to the St. Vitus dance to arrange the deal. Tim, was he giving Elvis a bubble bath? I am not sure. I went and doubted, though. I, it looked like he was soaping something up. I don't know. So anyway, um, Adonis is there. He says, yeah, I could get this done. I need the money. And Crockett's like, yeah, I don't think so. So anyway, Adonis heads to his source, and he's having problems getting the cocaine due to cash issues. But anyway, the deal is going to go down in David's club. Later at OCB, Castillo gets the uh, IAD report back, clearing both Trudy, most uh, well, clearing Trudy with some cautionary language. You know, probably saying you should have done this, you should have done that. A lot of shelling and chanting, common sense, incomplete sentences, stuff like that. Yes. Yes, sir. Sonny? Internal Affairs came back with a report on the shooting. There's a lot of cautionary language. But bottom line, you're both clear. Listen, um, I'm going to take some time off when we finish this, Lieutenant. I made some plans. Take it now. You won't have to be in on the arrest of Adonis. Why would I do that? Because you're so close to the case. Trudy wants to take time after the bust to go over things to clear her head, I guess. Castillo wants her again to take it now, citing her closeness to the case. But Trudy wants to see it to the end. Obviously, if she's gone, David's going to know that she kind of used him. She didn't really intentionally but yes yeah, she did so she said no you know i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah that deal would have never went end. down she was a, yeah she was a key player in that so right. so now we're That's at david's good. club and adonis is tainting the cocaine with white powder basically he's either using white powder or he's using sugar something because he was only able to come up with half the cash so he got half the stuff but he was trying to just and i believe it was a three key deal so he was making another, he was just tainting with another key and a half of uh, this white powder. And that's when Crockett meets him at the club. The deal goes down and Crockett and Trudy prepare to bust the Donis. And then that's where he throws the powder in Crockett's face. I would like to think that there was probably some cocaine in there as well. It was hard to say Sonny didn't probably. react like there was. But there, probably, there had to be. He throws it in his face and then confronts Trudy, who is about to shoot Adonis when Crockett recovers and knocks him out. Basically, Adonis is going to start tripping like a canary, but he doesn't give up the Hoyas. David arrives at the club then. He sees what happens and he breaks up with Trudy for using him. He just went on this whole thing. How could you do this to me? But in reality, she didn't. And she reminds him in Marty Castillo languaging, it's my job. It's not what I do, it's who I am. You take my trust and you turn it on my friends? Adonis is not your friend. No. Who is you? You lied, cheated, you used me. I've never known you, have I? What do you think I have? A switch in my head, I can just turn on or off? 
You took me to that party and you threw it up in my face. I brought you, not this damn police force, not your damn badge. I'm a cop! It's not what I do, it's what I am. You got no soul, no honor. Okay, Tim, let's check the ratings for this episode. IMDb gives this a paltry 7.2. Tim, I absolutely love this episode. Um, this was another simple plot line that was easy to follow. We knew who the players were, unlike the last episode, which is still very good, where the names were being dropped faster than third-parent French in high school, right? I mean, the last episode, they were... You, whatever name you could think of, they were dropping it, and these people really never materialized in the episode. This one, you knew who they were and what they were doing. Um, this obviously was a Trudy-centered episode in uh, in which she was indirectly involved with a small-time dealer wanting to break it in, in the big time. She was also in a Castillo-Crockett-esque situation where Castillo, again, wanted her to take time off, and she declined even though he knew it would be best, she's like, no, I'm going to see this through. Once again, we had all of Vice showing up in this case, um, doing what they do best. And then we had a great early look into Giancarlo, who would become Gus Fring in Breaking Bad. Maybe this was his taste of the drug life, huh? Tim, what do you yes. think? Mark, I give this episode a thumbs up as well. For the third time in this series run to date, the focus is on another OCB member other than Crockett and Tubbs. This time we find Trudy torn up because she had to kill a suspect and then grilled by IED, which made matters worse. As the episode progresses, we find Trudy becoming more hypervigilant and irritable, even though she protested loudly Castillo that she was all right. And it's just on a side note, this is some is like exhibit signs of post-traumatic stress. Many law enforcement officers will deny they need help due to the stigma associated with mental health issues. Their biggest fear is that they would lose their badge and her job if they ask for help. So what does she do? She turns to the comfort of an old flame, but then has to betray him, so to speak, in order to take down one of his friend's low-level drug dealer, Adonis Jackson. Well-written episode about the struggles of trying to balance the law enforcement identity with the need for a personal life as well. We have arrived at Snurd's Chalkboard of Wisdom, where we hope to inspire, enlighten, or make you snicker a little. In both the world of Miami Vice and our current world at large, we encounter many challenges we work to overcome. In the interest of creating a family-friendly atmosphere through the show and on our social media, we would like to offer some parting thoughts. A simple quote, phrase, or words of encouragement, or funny quip to you, our listeners. Because without you, our friends, we'd just be talking ourselves. And we say friends because that's what we consider all of you who follow our show and social media. This show's words of wisdom are, again, as a side note, June is dedicated as post-traumatic stress disorder winners month. We all go through trials and tribulations in this lifetime, some of which could lead to mental health struggles. Oftentimes, like Trudy, we deny seeking help for fear of being shamed, misunderstood, or judged. While we have made great strides in the mental health arena, we still have an existing lack of empathy that tends to impede progress. This week's quote is about being more empathetic, and it goes like this. 
Walk a mile in my shoes. See what I have seen. Hear what I've heard. Feel what I have felt. Until then, don't judge me. We encourage everyone listening to be a positive force, not only in your life, but others as well. It's contagious and can make our world a better place. And with that, we'd like to bring this episode of Vice of Miami podcast to a close. If you like our show, and we really hope that you do, please help us spread the word. We can be found on Instagram and Facebook at Vice of Miami podcast and on Twitter at Podcast Vice. Tell a friend, tell your family, tell your coworkers, and post this and other episodes on your social media and tag us at Vice of Miami Podcast so we can see. And if you can, please rate and review the show on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or whatever platform you use. This really helps us out. It only takes a few moments and would mean the world to us. It's listeners like you that make what we do worth it. And many thanks to the following people who've liked, commented, reviewed our shows. On Instagram, we have DobermanGirl89, Valadez2044, Nikki B. Grave, Actor1244, Guseppos1418. And on Facebook, we have Angela Harris, Marcus Weir, Brian Broly, and Mario Kuten. So until next time, Tim and I will see you on the Vice of Miami podcast, show 30, covering season two, episode five, Buddies. Now beat it, punks. <laughs> <laughs>